Hello, well, welcome to the Insurge SEO podcast, where Serpent Side Store is lit in a struggling business in need of some insurance money. This week, we speak to link building maven Garrett French, all about local link building, how to target a local site for link outreach, making giving the blandest local business a linkable proposition, and making sure your link campaigns are diverse and location appropriate. Plus, we take a look at a development in the Google's topic layer as part of the knowledge panel. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am flying solo yet again. Though I do think I have a new recruit uh, to co-host with me next week, by the way, because I'm not getting a lot of volunteers from the Rank Ranger family, which I don't understand because I'm not intimidating. I have no tattoos. Uh, I don't have any piercings. I don't wear leather, usually. And my name is Morty. Like, how intimidating is a guy named Morty? It's not like my name is Vin. Like, Vin could be scary, but Morty? Morty wears glasses and, and reads books and watches TV. Morty's not scary. So I'm not sure why, why no one wants to come on with me. But again, I think I, I think I convinced someone to join the SE, In Search SEO podcast next week to co-host with me, so stay tuned. Okay, before I go on, let me remind you, we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO podcast each and every week. You can find a new episode on the Rink Ranger blog. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on SoundCloud. And of course, you can subscribe on iTunes. So please, subscribe on iTunes. Okay. We've got a great show for you today. Had a really great, lively, awesome, um, action-packed conversation filled with um, local link-building campaign tips, as discussed with Garrett French. That's coming at you. But first, I'd like to talk to you about something I've seen in the Knowledge Panel recently as we read Between the Lines SEO style. So as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I am a freak. Because I like both Star Trek and NFL football. What were you thinking? Yeah, that's right. I This delectable dichotomy has actually served very, very well in my SEO life because entertainment queries, sports queries, in my opinion particularly, are great for seeing some changes and developments within Google's SERP features. And in this case, today, we are harping on my fervor for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is an American football team, and that's clued me into an interesting development inside of the knowledge panel. So just that, you know, that we're on the same sort of page back, we're way back when in September, October 2018, Google had this whole celebratory event for its 20th anniversary. And at its 20th anniversary bash, they've announced all sorts of updates to this, neural matching and, and the topic layer and search of the journey all came out back in you know, uh, October, September 2018. And again, one of those things was the topic layer. Now, the topic layer is a way of giving you insight into the topical relationships that apply to a particular entity. And what happens is Google puts custom tabs into the knowledge panel on, on mobile uh, that align to this entity and different tabs that align to a different entity. I mean, makes sense. Okay, the, the classic example that Google used was related to, you know, to two, slow down, Morty, to two different dog species getting two sets of custom tabs. The, the clearest example I can actually give you comes from dog knowledge panels. For example, if you should have a dog species that you've been searching for that has long hair, and I like dogs, and I can't think of a good species um, other than a collie, which I think has long hair. I mean, like long enough hair for this. But Lassie, theoretically, would show up with a tab in that knowledge panel if you search for collie. Um, that says grooming because it has long hair. You need to groom it. Now, dogs that have short hair, which for every reason I know many more species of dogs that have short hair than long hair, such as a pug, a chihuahua, a Labrador, whatever it is, um, you don't have a tab there that says grooming because what is there to groom? Get it? Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, 
Um, outside of a few examples, like the dogs I just mentioned with the long hair versus the short hair, I haven't seen this topic layer, this custom tab system in the knowledge panel on mobile get very specific, not in the way that I think Google really wants to, to take it, okay? There are some categorical tabs that you get for different types of entities. For example, um, a fictional character may get a tab in the mobile knowledge panel that says, um, you know, who played them? You know, it lists the 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 actors or actresses who played that fictional character inside the knowledge panel. Obviously, that may not apply to another entity because it doesn't apply to another entity, so it doesn't get that tab. Okay, so basically, if you want to see you you know who's playing Chucky in the new upcoming Chucky movie, which by the way is none other than Luke Skywalker, which is just weird and bizarre to me, but you know he does have a very robust voice over catalog, so you can see that if you search for Chucky you'll see who has played Chucky over the years and who will play Chucky in the next coming installment, which is sort of be another waste of time because Hollywood can't come up with a new and unique script. By the way, I don't understand. I know I digress. How was a doll running around with a knife scary? Like, you can literally kick the doll like down the block, can't you? I mean, when I was a kid, it was scary because, like, I had this thing called My Buddy. If you're from the 80s, you remember this? It was like a giant doll. It was, it was what Chucky was based off. Like, I had one of those things, and it's, like, scary because... This is my doll. This is my friend, my buddy. And now it could turn to a psychopathic killer. But by the way, when you have kids, none of this is any you know, scary at all. What's actually scary is a kid coming into your bed in the middle of the night and just peeing on your pillow. So that's scary. Chucky doesn't scare me anymore because my kids just scare me because they pee in my pillow. Which, by the way, you just kind of roll over and go back to sleep. But I know if you don't have kids, you're thinking, what did he just say? And if you do have kids, you're just shaking your head, mm-hmm, that's exactly what you do, because you're just exhausted, you just go right back to sleep. Anyway, I digress way too far, we're all over the place, from NFL football to psychopathic dolls to urinating children. Okay, let's go back to NFL football, and like I said, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and if you're not, that's okay, as long as you're not a Patriots fan. It's okay if you are, but it's not really. But anyway, now the Steelers are famous for having very good wide receivers, a.k.a. the dude who catches the ball. In fact, and I'm going to get into some nitty-gritty um, sports history here. Just bear with me because I'm going to bring it all back because it, it, you have to know it to understand how it's amazing what Google did here. Okay. Back in the 1970s, let's go way back, the NFL, the league, changed its rules in favor of throwing the ball. Now, if you follow American football, you're thinking, yeah, okay, you throw the ball. Everything about football is about throwing the ball. It used to not be that way. And I know, bear with me, I'm not trying to get into sports details for the sake of getting into sports details. There's a, there's a method to my madness here, okay? It used to be way back when that the main way of moving the ball in American football was running with it. Okay, but they changed the rules in the 70s. What did they change? They basically made it easier for receivers, the guy who catches the ball, okay, to not be interfered with. No one can really hit him. No one can mess with him. He can now run out and run down the field without being hit before he even gets the ball, which made it much more of a passing league. Right? All of a sudden, instead of running with the football, these changes, these rule changes in the 1970s made it easier for people to throw the ball to people in the game of American football. That's all you really need to know. Okay, and because of this, my team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, which who had amazing receivers, again, those are the guys who catch the ball, in the 1970s won four championships in the 1970s. They took total advantage of these rule changes. It benefited them greatly. Okay, and ever since then, and this is where, again, I know, just bear with me. I'm talking sports, and maybe you like sports, and that's great. Maybe you don't, and that's great too. Just bear with me because it's very important to know that since the 1970s, the Pittsburgh Steelers are famous 
famous, 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 famous for their wide receivers, for the, again, those people who catch the ball. They've had Hall of Fame caliber wide receivers ever since the 1970s. They're famous for taking new draftees, meaning people who play in college, drafting them and turning them into high caliber wide receivers, which is, again, the guy who catches the ball. Why am I telling you this crap? Be careful what you call crap, by the way. It's not crap. Okay, it's whatever. In all seriousness, because the Pittsburgh Steelers mobile knowledge panel now contains a tab that says American football wide receivers. And it shows you a whole slew of image thumbnails representing the team's best ball catchers over the past 40 years or so. Get it? Now you understand why I'm telling you why the Pittsburgh Steelers are famous, famous, famous for having good wide receivers? Because now they have a tab in the mobile knowledge panel that goes into their wide receivers. Okay, but but Morty, does not each team get this tab? No. The New York Jets don't get this tab, nor do the New York Giants, nor do the Arizona Cardinals, nor do the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why? Because they suck. And they don't have a long history of good receivers. And the only long history they have is a long history of losing. And it's starting to sound like a sports podcast. But it's pertinent because there's no reason why those teams should have a tab that says American football wide receivers. They don't have a long tradition of having good wide receivers. Other teams within the league do get the American football wide receivers tab, such as the San Francisco 49ers, who, by the way, and again, I'm going to go into some small details, some s'mores, some s'more, oh, s'mores are delicious, um, some more sports detail, but again, because it, it makes sense why I need to tell you this, okay? The San Francisco 49ers, who are a football team out of San Francisco, are famous for one, having the best wide receiver, the best ball catcher of all time, uh, Jerry Rice. There's no argument there. Stop arguing with me. And because they are famous for having the most famous catching play in, in league history. In fact, the name of the play is called The Catch. You can't get much better than that. Okay, The team is famous for a play called The Catch. So it makes good sense why the New York Jets don't get a tab that says American football wide receivers and a team with the most um, effective wide receiver and the most famous catch in NFL history has a tab in the mobile knowledge panel that says American football wide receivers. Now, check this out because the Dallas Cowboys have a similar tab, except it's called all-time receivers. Okay, check out that nuance. You have American football wide receivers, but for this team out of Dallas, you have one called all-time receivers. That's nuance. And it does, and I admit this begrudgingly, make a good deal of sense, okay? Because the number of good ball catchers, the number of good receivers who have walked through the doors in Dallas is endless, okay? We did, by the way, beat them in two Super Bowls. I'm just, I'm just saying that point to any Cowboy fans out there, but rub it in a little bit. Okay, I don't ha- I didn't really have time to research this, but I would bet, and I know this is anecdotal, that the the Dallas Cowboys have had the most Hall of Fame wide receivers walk in and out of their doors over any other team. That would not surprise me at all if they did. So it makes sense to me that Google, even though the Steelers are famous for their wide receivers, even though the San Francisco 49ers are famous for their wide receivers, it makes very good sense to me, and again, begrudgingly, for the Dallas Cowboys to have a tab all-time receivers. Okay, my, my, my point here is the topic layer 
seems to have taken a nice leap forward, as opposed to being very generalized or um, category-specific, like actors or actors who played a certain fictional character being shown in a fictional character knowledge panel. This is one type of knowledge panel. It's an NFL sports team knowledge panel with very strong nuance from team to team, and that's really interesting to me, okay? It's, 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 a, it's a big advancement, in my opinion. By the way... Let's make a note about what's not showing up. Okay, so it's interesting, by the way, that the topic layer is focused on wide receivers. Why? Because if you know anything about American football, the most important person is the quarterback. Okay, the quarterback. If you listen to sports shows, even now, okay, it's not the NFL season, it's not football season in America now, you'll hear about quarterbacks all day long on the American sports shows because it's just, it, people are enamored with quarterbacks. I don't know why. I do know why. Whatever, I'm not going to get into it, Okay. A quarterback, by the way, is the person who throws the ball, who is, objectively speaking, the most important person on a football field, an American football field, okay? So why are there no tabs for quarterbacks? Let me explain this again. More sports nuance for you. Oh, no, but it's going to make sense, okay? Quarterbacks are very few and far between. It's very, very hard to find a good one. Extremely difficult position to play. Very hard to find talent that's capable of playing at the most, you know, the top levels, okay? And it's why a team... I will go with the Pittsburgh Steelers again. We have had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, top-level quarterbacks over the past 40 years. Okay, over 40 years, two. Okay, if you have one, that's pretty good. There are teams who have none over the last 20, 30 years. It's just terrible, terrible quarterbacks. Okay, so what are you going to do? You're going to show me a knowledge panel on the guy who throws the ball, the quarterback, and list, what, one, two people inside of there? Doesn't make any sense. Google knows this. That's my point. Google knows there's not enough content to fill there, so it ignores the knowledge the the quarterback. Which, by the way, most people, most of you, even if you're not football fans, know some of the quarterbacks out there. You see them in movies. Okay, the wide receivers are not in movies. The quarterbacks are Dan Marino, Joe Montana. You know, if I say Tom Brady, I hate, but Tom Brady, you know who he is. Okay, but Google knows there's not enough people, not enough good quarterbacks, not enough good, not enough good ball throwers to put into the knowledge panel. So it doesn't. It goes with the next flashiest position, which is the, the ball catcher, the wide receiver. You, that's very intelligent. Okay. By the way, what it does, when, what I've seen Google do, and this is where there's not enough um, of one particular group of wide receivers, of ball catchers to put into the knowledge panel, it'll put in a more generic sort of um, tab, like famous players. So if you're the New York Jets, who, again, do not have a long history outside of Don Maynard of, of great wide receivers, you might see a tab like famous players or famous people who have played for the team. So, again, very nuanced, very intelligent, very specific within one entity group, which is a, a set of diversity I have not yet seen outside, again, of some dog species kind of stuff. Okay. Okay, enough sports, enough receivers, enough football, enough knowledge panels, because we have quite the charismatic fellow for you. I spoke with Garrett French all about executing a local link building campaign. And here, in this interview, which you'll get to in a few seconds, is what he had to say. Cut one. Hello there, and welcome to an all-new In Search SEO podcast interview today. Well, today you're in for a treat. We have with us Mr. Local himself. He is the founder of both Zipsprout and Citation Labs. He's been a contributor to Search Engine Land, Search Engine Journal, and Search Engine Watch. I'm sure many other places I can go on, but I won't. He is Garrett French, and he's here to talk about local link building. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Morty. Um, so before we get into the heart of the you know, local link building, um, tell us what are you up to these days? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> where to start? Where to start? Okay. So one thing I'm especially excited about that's got me out stumping a little bit. And thank you again for giving me the opportunity to, to, to speak with you and, and your listeners. My pleasure. Uh, we're just on the zip sprout side of, of the house. We just launched a new tool for uh, finding all the, the, the local sponsorships within opportunities within a given city. Very cool. Uh, so it, it's, it's, um, you know, kind of a more of a self-serve sort of uh, approach to being able to see the whole marketplace of opportunities uh, that exist on a city by city basis. Who finds it especially useful or anybody doing local SEO? Um, you know, it's someone who owns a, a business in a location, they want a little, they want a few more links to their site to help with the rankings. But the other piece that we found is that there's just a whole boatload of visibility opportunities, local branding opportunities that don't necessarily come with links uh, or that have a direct impact on your rankings, but that can have a direct impact on business. So our, our ultimate goal for this is to kind of open up uh, local visibility events and sponsorships as kind of a, a channel in and of itself, because it's 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 uh, you know it's disparate right now. The the marketplace itself is it's just an absolute fragmented space, uh, and so we're kind of trying to bring them all together into a single location. So the first step for world domination is just <laughs> kind of you know get, making them accessible, and you can kind of get in and, and view each one and, and kind of make your um, assessments. Because even stuff down to pricing is very difficult to find on a, on an opportunity by opportunity basis. And so for, we've got about 60,000 uh, organizations across the United States for whom we do have pricing information. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, machine qualified opportunities too, um, that where we don't have that kind of information, but where we've kind of helped people, you know, for whatever city you're, you're working in, we should have something, some kind of opportunity there for you. Now, some of them, again, will take a little more qualification work from the user, but for, we've got 60,000 that we've looked at by hand. And so that, that's, I think, the real uh, value is that you don't have to go knocking on doors to get pricing. You don't have to go knocking on doors to find out if they link or not. We've got that information all in one place. Oh, that sounds, am it sounds like an amazing opportunity to find opportunities. Um. <laughs> I think so. You know, it, it's in beta now. So, you know, come on in while we're basically free and, and, and tell us how to improve so we can take your money. Nice. <laughs> okay, so we're definitely going to link to both Citation Labs and ZipSprout in the blog post that harbors this podcast. Um, so get us started here. Just, you know, help me hi highlight for us, for those who may not know, the importance of a local a focused link building initiative just so that we're all on the same page in case local SEO was not your thing. Absolutely. So just to kind of <clears throat> kind of frame this up, I have, uh, you know, spoken with people who have impacted their local rankings with links from websites and content that were not local related. Okay, it's possible. It can happen. But what what happens though is that there's a dissonance. So if I'm a Google Quality Rater or I'm, you know, anybody else, uh, I'm going to be looking at that link and saying, "Wait a minute, this is a link to a city-specific page that's from an article that has nothing to do with that city." Okay. Is that the end of the world? Absolutely not. Are people doing it all day? Absolutely. They are. <laughs> so you, you don't, you know, you don't absolutely, you know, this, we're not dealing in absolutes here, but if we want to have, if we want to build up a, uh, a backlink profile, that's, that feels organic, right. That, that is natural. That's a justifiable, right. Justifiable right. backlink right. profile. Well, then we really are going to have to shift our focus to getting links from that from a city specific linker not all of them have to be like that and you know if 
if if you're out if you're having great success doing what you're already doing, then don't listen to the you know you don't need to do it this way. But but um, how how I believe, what I've found about the local link graph, Morty, in, in, the, in the over the past uh, probably four or five years of really trying to crack into local is that we, we call it an inch deep and a mile wide. And what I mean is, you know, you'll find linking opportunities in every city, but they're not you can't go to them with the same kind of content or the same kind of offer. Right. And so, you, you know, there might be five opportunities that would, you know, that you might need a, a badge for. All right. And there might be five that you would need a great piece of content about helping seniors do something in this local area. They're just, it's, it's scattered and all over the place. And so what we were looking for was, was more of the scaled type of opportunities, which we see as being these, you know, events and sponsorships. Uh, but anyhow, so the, to, to bring it all the way back, I, I am always advising anyone who's trying to build uh, local rankings that they should be building links from websites that are local to them, that are specific to the page uh, that they're trying to have rank higher um, for, for, for local local search terms. Um, again, I have, I've, have confirmed um, that you don't have to do it that way, but just if we're talking about a natural backlink profile, then I absolutely would say you at least need a layer of local links, right. uh, you know, to kind of support um, and justify uh, that this you, your business, or this spe specific page is about this location is related to the location. Yeah, and it only makes sense because a user coming to your page is going to see a link then, right? And they're going to go bounce to whatever link they're going to not bounce bad bad choice of words, but they're going to go to <laughs> right. We hope not. Right. They're hoping they're staying and they're possibly clicking on that link. If it's to a local business, it's only the more relevant. It only creates a bigger and greater association of your business to other business to the local scene whereas obviously a local link doesn't do that. That's it. Okay, so if you're doing this and you're specified and you're focusing in on local, that's obviously you're limiting yourself and your your opportunities to get links. Right. What it's is, a much smaller pool. Okay, so uh, that's an obvious one. Okay, but other than that, what are some of the challenges that face someone trying to go through and execute a solid, strong local link building campaign? I mean, if you're starting from scratch, one of the hardest things is to get a sense of what kind of uh, tactic should you be using? Like, which should we be guest posting? Should we be doing links and resource pages? Should we be trying for, uh, you know, a data-driven local media angle? Um, should we go for the events and sponsorships? Um, so my answer is all of them. <laughs> but if you're, you know, for, for an op, you know, fully like fleshed out, like what are all the local opportunities? You should be, uh, you know, trying to do all of them, I, right, I think. Right. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I think the first, the starting point is just what is, uh, what, what, what is my, what are my pool of opportunities for this that are city specific? Um, and then you, 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 and this uh, often what we see on the, on the SEO side, SEO comes in the door that they, they know what pages they want links to, but that doesn't make this page linkable, right? It doesn't make it give it a reason to have right links just, right, right. just because it's, so, it's not field of dreams just because it's there exactly right. you know it's it's so we're, we're a lot of this is figuring you, you you have to take that step back and say well who are the publishers who are their audiences and then how do we make a seamless approach to these existing potential publishers 
for, uh, and, and everybody's a publisher. And so I say publisher, I mean the, you know, the links and resource pages, the, the local blogs, the um, uh, local news, um, the, the, the town hall, the city, the city website, any, any of these, these are all publishers to me. So right. it, we're really just asking what do we need to get in front of this specific audience and like, how do we find our way or how do we earn our way in front of this particular audience? Well, forget even that, but take a, take us a good step before that. How do you even decide which sites to target? Well, it's going to depend on what pages we want links to Morty. Um, so if, if somebody's good with, you know, they, they, I'll just say by and large, when we have a client come in the door, they have a specific page. That's a, that's a city specific page that they want to have ranking higher for local searches that are searches that are local to that location. So, um, the, the starting point is how do we create justification on this page for a link to exist to it, right? A link is a big choice, right? It's a huge choice. Right. If I'm an ed, if I'm a publisher and I've decided to link to something, it, there has to be a justifiable reason for that to have happened. Now we're, we're often doing guest placement work. Uh, and so we're, we're getting, you know, so the first thing is we're, we're, we're saying, how do we get in front of this uh, publisher's audience effectively? How do we, because you know how many there's so many kind of different groups that we've got to we've got to uh, please here, right? So there's the publisher, there's the publisher's audience, and then there's what we're the, the page we're trying to get links to. So we're what we're almost always trying to do is look at how do we get some data on that page? How do we get a data point on that specific target page that we can then justifiably link to or cite from the placement that we're we're executing? Now that's how that's our starting point. You know, I there there's some some uh, and and so typically it, you know people come in with a with a list of URLs they want links to, and so that's what we what, how we attack it. Right. Um, I think if you're you know if you're really just getting started in a city, I I think the easiest kind of in on ramp uh, to local would be local sponsorships, uh, where you know ideally you could have a booth. At a at an event, right, right, uh, and then sort of, I think you know, I think a, no, that's a lot a of people to get think in. they know their market. They people we we think we know our market, but when you actually get out there, put yourself out there, that's when you really learn that oh, I was a little, you know, uh, I, I I stepped off on the wrong foot here, <laughs> or there there are some other things that people are interested in. And I think that uh, if we're if if you're if you're looking for link opportunities. But that also have real world benefit, like you're actually going to an event with a booth trying to drive leads. Well, now you could potentially be doing some blog content about that, right? Like some pictures of your booth, some of the, the conversations you had, the learnings you had about the local market. Um, you, you're also potentially driving leads for yourself, Morty. And so what, what I guess what I'm getting at is what is if you're going to be executing a campaign, one of your first questions is, how else do we benefit other than just the link? And so from an SEO perspective, we almost always stop at the link. You know, that's the only, that's the only thing we, you know, <laughs> I just want my rankings to go up. Well, great. So do we all. But there's, you know, how do, what other benefit can we create for ourselves or for our publisher or, or the community, right? Like with, with this kind of work we're doing. And when we look at, um, you know, 
engaging with the community in a productive way, I think you'll, you'll start to find more uh, link routes uh, that way as well. Um, I, I definitely believe that, you know, you're going to need some, some content capacity, meaning you either need to like to write or have somebody who does like to write and, and or video and or photo, you know, photography. You know, you're going to need a, a smattering. Ideally, you've got a, a generalist who can kind of do all of those things for you um, so that the, any kind of local um, presence that you're building, you can kind of document it, right? Because now, <laughs> let's say you do that event and you put up a blog post on your site about it. Well, you've got a, you've already, and you're a plumber, let's say, you've got a huge point of differentiation already against the hundred other plumbers in that city. Right. Right. You that's a, go right, to that's a big problem. and you've got pictures of yourself right, there, there you passing go. out your refrigerator magnets. You know, here's the balloon for the kids. You know, <laughs> here's how, you know, here's how a toilet works. And you've got your toilet display <laughs> or something, you know, and you, so, um, you know, maybe it could be a game like, can you flush the, the Lego down the toilet? Like my <laughs> kids like to play, you know, like, but, but you've got a booth, you've got something that's, that's kind of interactive and you're engaging with people and you got the pictures to prove it. Well, you're, you've done something that 99.9% .9 of other practitioners in your space probably don't do. Now, who we do see at local events are like insurance folks. Sometimes we see, I've seen dentists at local events. I've seen, um, you know, siding, gutter people, but, the, or gut, you know, gutter installers. But there's, so there's like a, um, a real, I always see a real um, gap between the booth and me. You know, Garrett, I'm like, there's where I see a lot of opportunity for businesses, Morty. This isn't about link building, but it kind of is. But where I see a lot of opportunity for businesses is in how are we interacting with the community at these event opportunities? Because nine times out of 10, I'm walking past. I've got, you know, I've got a kid on my shoulders. He's, you know, hitting my head. He's <laughs> ripping ice cream all over me. And like, the ladder what probably. is, you know, yeah. yeah and I got one kid hanging on my leg. And so how are you going to get me in your booth and sell me insurance? Well, you're going to need to have some balloons. You're going to need to have something that's interactive for the kids. And you've got maybe 25, 30 seconds. And I think, you know, there's a lot. And what, what we see instead is a booth with a table and somebody who looks bored or, you know, you know, anxious, like the person at the party who I usually am, who is like, <laughs> uh, you know, sitting in the corner, like that's, it, it's, it doesn't invite me in. I think, you know, if you go into events and you're really asking, how can we drive leads here? What you're also really asking, Morty, is how do we engage more effectively with a with the populace, with people, right. with exactly. walker passersby at the farmer's market or wherever you found a booth opportunity. Now, we went a long – thank you for letting me no, go no, down no. that you know, there, long There's so many hole. points to hit on here. So right. many well, points. This is, this is – I think, you know, w this is where I would start with link building. A hundred percent. I agree at, with you, by the way. Level. I, I don't even really like calling it link building at this point. It's really relationship building because that's really Correct. what's happening. You have two businesses that are sort of like, hey, I relate to you. You relate to me. That sort of merge together in some sort of right. relationship and move forward right. together. And that could be an actual financial relationship and that could be a content relationship sure. because you just relate to each other naturally and that's it. Right. It's, a, right. it's a natural thing. It should happen naturally. And it's all about creating relationships. So the booth idea is a great idea. Um, by the way, I'm full on for the full stack content writer. You, you, could go around, you could go around to other booths, Morty, take pictures of them. And then send them to that business and say, hey, why don't you put these on your website and give us a link? Right. Because right. we took pictures of you at the – we, we did a five-minute interview with you. 
Here's a video. Put it up on your site and give us a link. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to the days. I used to be doing property management like another lifetime ago. Like we're talking like 15 years ago, whatever it is. So one of the things we have we, is in the middle of New York City, we have violations. It's near the city of New York, Kansas, we have violation. So we had this company we used to work with to help you get rid of these violations, right? Yeah. Now, I wasn't doing content back then, but we had a really tight relationship with this company. I can imagine if I was doing content and I'm going to write a, a whole blog post to all of my residents about how to handle X problem. I would definitely link to some content this other company wrote to show, hey, if you have this problem in your department, you have a leak and you have this, you have that, don't call the city first. First call us. Don't get us a violation, whatever it is. And if you have to follow these three steps, blah, 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 I'm sure at some point down the line, my relationship with this violation removal company and the content they put out and the content I would put out would just naturally inter, inter, interlock. It meets. It meets. It and that's it. And there's yeah. your link. And that yeah. wouldn't have Absolutely. happened if I didn't go to the you know, New York City Real Estate Expo and meet this company. Bingo. Yep. Bingo. I, it's, it's getting out there. You don't know what the connection will be. You know, you're the plumber at the, at the you know, the, the, we have a neighborhood association kind of block party thing. So you're the plumber there and you go shake hands with the realtor. Right. Well, you know, then you start talking about it, talking with them a little bit and you talk through like kind of the main plumbing problems that a house for sale usually has in that, in that neighborhood, low water pressure. Or what, you know, some neighborhoods have different. It's just everything's different, yep. and so you could t- you could you could write it. Now you've got an opportunity. Hey, we well we specialize in that. Can I write you an article about how to tell if your new house, the house you're considering, has a has a plumbing issue? There you go. Well, uh, uh, that's it. I'll give you a good example. My next door neighbor is he's, um, he's a photographer for events. Yeah. Okay. So oh, and wow. he I was looking at his website. I don't know, like a month ago. I'm like, you have no content here. You have all these nice pictures. Yeah. But you have any content? What should I, what should I write about? Well. You know, people are, people want to know the best photographer. They're also going to need to know an event hall. Now, I'm I'm assuming yeah. you know some good event halls because you go all around the whole the whole you know the whole area. And you're at this event hall, that event hall. This one's things, that one's great. Why don't you write an article, the top ten event halls to have your next wedding at? Yes. And then you can link to them so yeah. people can go visit them. And or, th- there's or the your... most photogenic, you know, the most uh, right. There you go. A beautiful photograph because the lighting, right? The perfect. I can tell them that. Impact. Yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. use that. I'll quote you. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, cause that brings in his expertise, there right? Which is kind of having exactly. that eye, right? He's got the eye. And so how do we, how do we quantify or qualify that? And here's my ranking. And then a shot from each one. And then a little, a little bit of detail about each one uh, and, and why it, it, it ranks where it ranks. Right. And it's all an opinion, you know? Right. But, but now that that's, but it's that's, an expert opinion. That's going to rank. Though, yeah, for sure. Know? And, and, and it's natural, it's organic, it's seamless, and it segues from one topic right into the other topic. Let me ask you, okay, so um, these, these local sponsorships, at what, at what point is, there a, you know, is the return on investment worth it or not worth it? Because obviously you, you have to pay to play. Right. So uh, sponsorships are more expensive. We see, price, you know, we're usually, you know, people are usually asking us to focus on links um, as the primary benefit. Uh, and I would say... The, the, the average cost is, is probably closer to 700, you know, $800. That's expensive. And we don't even know if that, and so I, that's expensive, especially at the low, you know, for a small business, right? So th- this is another reason why you don't just want to go in and just get the link and not go for the event also. Right. Because the, the, the added benefit is really probably even better than the link will be. Um, so one of the things you're, you're going to want to kind of try and quantify is about how many links are we going to need now morty people ask me this all the time and i don't have an algorithm i don't have a, Wait, there's an no answer. answer 10 15 20 <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know you could probably 
five. You need five at right. least. Five and a half. We'll see what happens. I, I, I do say that. I'll say we let's let's get at least five, and then we'll see what happens. Right. So you know, but um, so so, uh, but they are more expensive, and then you also have the time, the time sink. And we we did a pro we did a project for a company called Open Door. Open Door came in. They asked us to find them event opportunities where they could reach uh, you know a certain number of people. And for them, it was much more about that lead gen at the event. This was shocking to us, jaw dropping. They didn't want the links. They didn't care about them. And and so this was so this is when we started to see oh hey there is this other reason to be at events. This other business reason lead you know lead generation. You know there there is a lot of value to be had. I mean, even without the link. Right. Um, but, but I will say it, it's, it's pricey and um, it's, it's, it's pricey in terms of, of time. And that's what we saw with open door was that they, you know, they did a, a, a week of, of Saturdays in, in one location and their poor team in that, in that, <laughs> in that city <laughs> was weekend. just sick of being at oh. events by the end of that. Okay. Right. It's not, it's not what they wanted to do with their Saturdays. Really? All Saturday, Can't every imagine. Saturday, right? It's, it's like being in detention, you know? You're just like, oh, no. Can't imagine that so either. <laughs> there's, there's that that cost as well, the, the you know, the, the quality of life cost. But point. I think if you're spacing them out, you know, and you're, you're – you, the other part with – I would say with event link building or sponsorship link building is you, you're not going to get a quick return. If, if you need – Morty, if you need cash, you know, you need a return within a month – well, you should be doing paid search. Right. You know, link building is probably not building. for you. Right. Correct. Yeah. This is why I look at, you know, if you had four or five events you were doing and they were they were spaced out, you know, once a month or once every couple months. And, uh, you know, you, you don't you're getting that brand return. You're getting lead return. You're learning the market. You're, you 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 focus less on the actual links and 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 the quick return on on investment from a, a link building perspective, and you just get put yourself out there. Um, I think that's a that's a, a, a stronger approach. Um, but to your point, it's definitely more expensive, um, and it's you know if we did a guest placement campaign, it's at least half the cost you know of, right. of you know half the average cost. Um, per per actual link that you earn, which right? is also tricky, because you have to be careful. That's like this is the gray area of link building. You can't really, you can't say I pay. I'm going to pay you to go and post on your blog because that's of course against Google's guidelines, and theoretically Correct. you could get could get penalized, and we don't recommend you do that. But at the same time, there there is a real reality for posting a guest post. For example, okay, let's take my photographer friend. Yeah, the the wedding venue might have him on to write about photography. And let them write about them for their website. Or photographing well at the venue. Right. What a what a fantastic uh, uh, piece of content that would be. Here are the seven great places at XYZ Hall to take right. you know that these Which is great because you want you're coming in, you're gonna you wanna know the caterer, you wanna know the photographer, and you wanna know, okay, so like yeah. how is it gonna play out with my pictures? Well, we can take a picture right. by the lake over here and we have a fireplace yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And, and there's there's a lot to be said for the photographers like that. There's a lot of work that a photographer does upon entering a location. There's scout. There's it's a lot of scouting work, right. Morty. So so if that if that work is is kind of pre-captured in a in a, a blog placement, well, that's really beneficial to this event venue, and it's it's something that should be known, right? Yeah. Like this is genuinely it's uh, generally helpful. something that would be valuable. Yeah. It's a real value add for anybody who's trying to capture this moment of, of this wonderful moment of their lives. You know, <laughs> Little do they know for, forever. Right. And, and uh, you know, uh, 
I, I think it's I, I think that would be a great piece of content. Yeah, and, and it's something like that. Like you, let's see, he even went to all ten venues in your area. Yep. Um, is that a link building campaign? Kinda. Yeah, but it it, go, yeah, it all goes back to places. it's relationship building that ends up with links. Right, and then and then how and, and then you know he's going to get probably inquiries because if 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 I'm the if I'm getting married and I'm I, I could see that this guy knows what he's talking about right. and he's he, well why don't I just go with this right. guy? I, I I like this I, venue which photographer am I going to hire probably the one who wrote the top ten places to take pictures at this venue you have to be pretty yeah. much dumb not to pick me yeah um, yeah. I mean, that's something you could do. You could go scout each uh, scout locations and, and uh, you know, or pitch first before you go scout because, right. you know, you don't want to walk around with the camera. That time. Right. Yeah. Make sure they're open to it. I think that's that from a, we've got we've got photography figured out. For uh, you. I'm you telling know, you, uh, if only I knew how to take a picture. Money. <laughs> I know, right? Right? If only I could actually take photographs, right. I could start a business. You know? Oh man. Okay. So I got I got to ask you. Okay. So we're talking about like, this photographer case, and it's a great case. There's tons of content that I can figure out what to create and who to partner up with. But let's right. say a gas station. Okay. Oof. Like, what are you writing? Who are you partnering with? What? Are, what? How do you Oof. go about local link building the local sitco? So that's that's really you know. Or don't I you? Think Maybe you're right. A I'm... National chain. Right. Listen, if it's a national chain, you're going. That's true. Okay. That's, I, I don't mean like. Uh, Al's You're gas. demonstrating that you give back to the community. Now, if I'm a, if it's a mom and pop uh, gas station, Do those even exist, by the way, and, anymore. Uh, there's there's a handful. There's a okay. handful. Like I, you know, I don't think it's I, well. It's 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 a great business. I mean, I I don't know how often people are kind of veering that way, uh, but it I you know. Um, so if I'm trying to build links to my gas station, well, am I if I'm not a mechanic shop, right? Uh, then I can look at maybe writing stuff for local mechanics around gas selection, oh, that's cool. like the grade right, right, and like right. what impact that can have on, on engines. Um, and, and any way that my local climate can impact the gasoline selection. Um, so, which I don't know if it ever would, Morty, <laughs> but if we're in a seaside town. Right. Well, should I have a different engine or should I use a different type of gasoline? I mean, probably not, but, but what you're looking for is what is my real knowledge differentiation? How do I really differentiate my, what, you know, what I know a lot about that most people don't and, and who would want to publish that besides me, obviously. Um, and, and, and so we can get into a link, a, a potential linking circumstance. That's pretty good, by the way, now, for, but, for off the cuff and uh, for a local gas station. That's pretty good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't hey, think of anything. Well, you know, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, Morty. Um, sometimes there's there's a handful of gas stations here locally. Don't ask me how I know this, but that have a really good craft beer selection. Oh, very good. Okay. So, so well, this is a point of differentiation. Right. Now, how? So, so, and and then there's there's actually been some that have had to expand because they've. You know, they've really gotten good with the beer. They've figured out what kinds of beers to have to attract the local. Right. The, the, There's the beer and the driving here. seem to go well together, and they've had to expand. Right. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's, it's right, it makes hand, sense. Morty. Hand in hand. <laughs> right, um, naturally. It's you can't you can't drive without a beer. Come on. <laughs> uh, so so um, but but that might be an if there's local um beer reviewers or local we would call them beer. There's a group here locally called the Beer Snobs, and so if, if there's like kind of local beer aficionados, 
is there some way to get on their sites or can we get a, you know, can we get a little badge that says I get my beer at the such and such. Right. And then they put it on the, I don't no, know. Look, they, That's I, a little. I mean, they would, if, if I'm a gas station, I'm selling craft beer. So if I'm a craft beer reviewing website, a local website, I would want to know yep. that, hey, if I'm out and about and I need to get gas, you might want to go here. You can also get a beer also. So, yeah, that's a natural. I mean, legitimately. I mean, don't drink it while you're driving. Of course, we in the Easter SEO podcast do not advocate drinking and driving. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, okay? Um, I don't have to say that. But, yeah, that's a natural. Like, I, if I'm running that review site, I would want to list that gas station on my website because – that's valuable to my to my, lead, my readers. Favorite. Yeah, it's a little gym, you know. Well, I think that's the other the other thing that we're really are, are looking at at kind of uh, teasing out here is is what differentiates you. Uh, what is the a genuine differentiation between you and some and, and the competition, and how do we turn that into a into content that's placeable elsewhere? Um, so you know, we talked about uh, you know what what kind of gas to select for which engine. What difference does it really make? And, and, and that might be something that a local mechanic would be interested in, in, in you know, in linking right. to. Um, the other, uh, another one might be if there are, if there are um, any kind of, like, I don't know what gasolines work and which engines, Morty. <laughs> but if there were, um, if there was a local kind of motorcycle race or a local, uh, uh, like, I don't know. I, if there's Just a local race you could sponsor, right. right? It might make sense to, to that, that your gasoline is selected by these racers that drive these little gas-powered golf carts. Right. It, you know what's what's what what is quirky, um, you know, and and culturally specific to your area that's that's fun, a little different that you could you could. You know, try and get no, out. No, but that's front actually of, perfect. Let's say, there's a golf, let's, say, let's say there's a golf course there, and there's all these golf carts. Right. So, what gasoline goes on a golf cart if they actually run on gasoline and not electric? Well, assuming they run on gasoline, I have no idea. If, if they ran right? on gasoline, so the, yeah, some of them again, do. local golf course would probably want his you know course members to know. Don't put diesel in the in the thing. Here's Bingo. a here's Bingo. a blog post from you know Al's gas station. Another one, if you so the. All you have to do is reconfigure your entire gas station now, okay? okay. But if you were able to <laughs> offer, um, uh, you you maybe think of this one. If you were able to offer uh, alternative fuel, so so a lot of people turn what is it, uh, like baking oil? They'll make their they make their diesel engines be able to run off of cooking oil. I that think sounds amazing. Or used cooking oil. It's like fr- it's like smell like French fries <laughs> when they drive past. And you've ever experienced this? But uh, we. Th- if you were able to either help process that or contain it and, and help distribute it or sell it, well, that's, I mean, you're going to get some that's publicities. That, that's a PR, potential yeah, yeah, yeah. PR plan. That's nice. Right? That's a good one. That's a good one. So, eh, you know, it, just just a multi-thousand dollar on-site <laughs> investment and probably lots of <laughs> right. liability. But now you've got a PR. All things being equal. But if you get into the alternative fuel uh, angle, though, now you've got a reason to be sponsoring green uh, events there you go, right back to the events kind of, again. Uh, right. Yeah. So. Perfect. Um, anyhow, there's a lot of ways to tie to, to look for tying in what, first of all, what, what do we sell is, is really the starting right. point. Secondarily, it's what, or really is almost primarily, but what can, what is a value uh, that I can add? What is something I know about that's specific to me or specific to um, 
you know, running a gas station. Uh, hey, here's another one for the okay, gas okay, station. Hit me, hit me. How to start up your gas station, how to there run it go. effectively and there efficiently. You and you're, you're going for the small business uh, association in your, in your area. Which just goes to show you, there's always something to write about. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Something you know about. That no one else that does. Can, can open the door for yep. you. Or even if they do, Morty, they might not have thought to write about go. it. Or, or in or the way, right. They, the, there you, you go. Know, 100%. To the, to the Chamber of Commerce, they, they never, nobody ever thought to try and get a placement there on, uh, you know, uh, how, to, how to run an, an efficient, effective gas station, that's, how to open your first gas That station. sells craft beer. Do you think the Chamber of Commerce would publish that? Absolutely. <laughs> they would. They would. Because think of all the local hoops you've got to jump through and all the ordinances right, right, right. and all the laws and how do, we, how do you even do it? Well, I've done it, and here's how I did it. And but it'll, you know, it'll, it'll save them ten phone calls. But how do I do this? Here, read this guy's post. Exactly. I, I think that could be an enormously useful yeah. piece of content. So, so, so it's it, no, yeah. no, no, no. And I'm gonna cut you off. No, off. no, 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 no. You go, 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 go. Now, now I don't. Nah, I don't actually sorry. Have okay. So I, I was hoping you were gonna cut me man. off. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you because I have to ask you boo, if you're. You're doing this at scale. For all the people out there who are working in agencies, who are sitting somewhere in the middle of New York City or San Francisco or L.A., whatever it is, and you're, wor- you're talking about Al's gas station in Kansas. Okay, so you t- obviously when you're trying to build links locally and talk about content locally, which means you talk about the local culture, local situation, local context, local whatever, how are you supposed to know that? How are you supposed to be able to create a diverse set of content if you're sitting somewhere in New York City? We're frankly still working on that problem. I love that question, though. It's an important question. What we're really looking at is what kind of data points and what kind of information can we gather at scale uh, that we could repackage and so scrape at scale is what I'm talking about. What can we scrape and and then put into a spreadsheet of sorts and re kind of articulate into a way that's going to make a compelling data point a citable data point morty so i've got so so i'm i'm sit is it sit go or sit co it's sit, sit go, go right? yeah with the g so, so uh so, so i'm sit go and what do i know about the this local area uh about my gas station what do i know about it well there's that that no one else would pop, could know that could be a useful citable data point well i know the busiest times for my gas station mm. I know when you've got the longest wait. I know when you've got the shortest wait. So what if I told people the best times of the week to come to my gas station? Because it's this is when it's got the. Now, how do we get links to that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that is a local PR play. Right. Um, maybe that's a lo- That's a play for um, if anybody's got a any hotel that's nearby, oh, you or you know, like who who is going to be wanting to get in you know get get gas at the least hassly time right. <laughs> i mean it's pretty much everybody right. is, is the answer but but how do we how do we slice into that for from a publishing but there's got to be a way because you, know? you don't live in a robinson crusoe economy the one thing correct right depending upon the next thing it's dependent upon the next thing it's a, it's a chain absolutely uh so that that's i would first my first like angle of attack there is simply how do we um create value that relates to our service uh and that is ideally scalable you know <laughs> that we could discern this for every single That's interesting. so we could use the same approach in every city that right? is interesting or the same kind of pitch 
to whoever ends up being interested in our data point. Right. 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 Um, and how do we make that data point compelling enough? You know, um, I, I think I think that's pretty I think that's great. If you if you have multiple locations in a single city, I'm sicko and I've got 10 locations. Well, I can I think it's I think it's practically newsworthy. I'm not a PR guy. So any PR people just don't say anything right now. <laughs> Hold your bite your tongues. Uh, no, I, I I think it's I think there's a story in, you know, the the least the best times to go get gas at Sitco in this in the city. I think that might be you might get that picked up. Yeah. Right. 100%. Um yeah. So um I don't know the exact play for in each case, but uh, from a scale perspective, the first thing I'm asking is what is going to justify a link. Uh, and and it's it's got to be, you know, it's we I always refer back to, you know, when we when we when we were instructed in college when to cite information in a research paper well these are justifiable citation circumstances right yep, 100% it's, it's a definition 100%. of something it's a data point it's a quote you know and so these are the kinds of things it's a source yep. uh, and, and th that's what we're so we're asking what do we need to be a source of so that's a know? funny it's, i'm so glad you put it that way because a funny thing that people don't think about links that way but links um, one of the ways you could think about a link is is a citation it's simply a citation it's supplementing ancillary content that supports whatever it is you're writing about and listen, and we're not talking about the citations that our local folks are looking for, like the the um, usually the address, right? Right, no nap. Right? I mean, like a real like yeah, academic yeah. citation, the actual formal citation. Right. Well, yeah, and and so we're at, I mean, that's at the core of I think how Google even developed its uh, its its linking algorithm, which is thinking about well, who's getting cited the most frequently? It, this this all it all came from um, data studies, Eugene. Uh, oh, come on, Garrett. Eugene Garfield. <laughs> uh, he, he took he saw what was happening in law journals and applied that to scientific journals. And and so you could discern from that the most frequently cited scientists, the most frequently cited journal, the most frequently cited article, the most frequently cited data point from within an article. Right. And so you can kind of from the, the ocean of knowledge of a certain area, you can see what's the most important. And it, that's, uh, you know. So what you're really asking is how do we create something that's citation worthy within our journal of study or, or the journal of location where we are, if there is, there could be said to be such a thing. Uh, and but I but yes, to your point, thank you for helping me articulate that. Anytime. It, we really are, you know, go back to the roots of what a citation really is and what and why they occur. And, and I t you know, you, you don't see a lot of. Well, you're in in a, in, a, in the scientific arena, and and I'm speaking completely out of turn. I've never written a scientific <laughs> paper or published. So, but in the scientific arena, you're citing for a very hard, specific, concrete reason, right. right? And so, if we, as the link builders, are saying, okay, you're not you're not building a link, you're building a reason to link, yeah. right? Yeah. A justifiable reason to link, and then. You're seeding. You're going out and kind right, of here's trying the to content. Promote right, that. exactly. And it right. works the other way around. You created something of value exactly. ahead of time. For the content creators, it's the same thing. When should you link? Well, there's a there, there's yeah. various theories or various <laughs> ways you can go about this. But one of them is as a way to extend knowledge, much the way a citation would. Correct. Right. Well, and that and that'll bring us back to the you know the best time to get gas at this sit go. Well, now if I'm a local blogger and I'm telling people, hey. 
you know, you got to go check out this concert and, but you know, you need to get gas first. I don't know why they would ever write about this, <laughs> but you know, here's the best time to go to this sit go. Here's, you know, according to the sit go. And where does the link go? It goes to that local page that has that data point in it. We're justifying. That's a, that's to me is, is what we'd be looking for at the local level is how do we justify this link? We're not, you know, to the best of our ability, we're not just stuffing that exactly. thing in there and hoping for the exactly. best, you know? No, it's not and, good to user and, experience. And, it's not good for Google's guidelines. It's not good for anything. Right. Yep. Right. And it, I mean, it'll, it will, it can and does impact for rankings, sure. Morty. At the very beginning, yeah, I mean, you remember I said you can get local links from non local websites, from non local articles right. that, are, that don't have anything to do with the location, and that will impact ranking, right? It will. But, should the, I, I just, you know, as I just wouldn't advise going that route. Um, if you do it, I don't have, you know, it, great. It's going to be harder it. anyway. This is a more easy, more natural, more more seamless way to go. Is how you're building yeah. relationships, yeah. partnerships, the content flows, everything flows this way. You're you're really striving for that flow, yeah. morning. Absolutely. All right. So I that was really engaging. That was super fluid. And now I have to ask you a hard question. So I have this oh bit. I, I mean, I always say that it's hard. You guys always knock it out of the park, and I always feel like an idiot afterwards. But um, <laughs> I, call, I call it optimize it or disavow it. This is a Garrett French edition of optimize it or disavow it. So I'm going to give you two okay. options. Um, I could either give you two good options and you have to choose one good option and throw away another good option, or I could give you two terrible options and you have to choose one terrible option. In this case, okay, you're lucky enough. If you had the choice to undertake, you know, a cookie cutter local link building campaign, which of course didn't make any distinction between the business type, the location, nothing of the sort, versus a targeted local ad campaign, which would you do? Well, if my goal is to impact rankings, Morty. My goal is to impact rankings. I'm going to do the first one. Okay. Because I know that being untargeted with my link building is going to impact rankings. If my goal is to impact near-term revenue, right? I mean, the ad campaign all the way around. Now, listen, you, uh, to me, you, you never want to look at should I do organic or should I do paid? Well, that, that, that's what uh, makes so, this question so much fun. <laughs> I, well, well I, I would advise people. I would say you want to do both and you want to be able to know that you can turn on paid search and do it in a profitable manner, right. and you've 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 engineered that route to profitability. You know which terms, where the, you know how many clicks you need, and you've you've got that dialed in, because then you can scale as much as you need to, right? Um, but but if 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 my job is to impact rankings, Morty, then I'm going the first route because the second route, you know, isn't going right. to get me there. Now we have seen where we build, you know, we, we do some local paid search and we'll see the local, I think Google takes that I'm bidding on stuff as an organic ranking signal as well, because it shows that there's a real business. Yeah, there. yeah. There's a real business intent and a desire to be in business. And I think that's, <laughs> they, <laughs> that's a sign of a pulse. Okay. <laughs> so like there's a pulse here. And so like, let's, 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 uh, this is, this is my guess. And I, you know, I've seen it where we, we started, you know, paid search for my uncle's uh, mechanic shop, and uh, it it started to. That's interesting. The rankings went up. They they they, 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 they say organic and you know search. We don't talk to each other, so that's interesting. I would love. I by know. the way, it's one of the things I've always wanted to really study at, at, at large scale. 
any correlation yeah. between organic and because I, yeah, I, I believe them. I, I get it, but I do want to see it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'll participate in your study should okay. you ever one of these days when I have time and and the yeah, resources yeah, exactly. to do this and enough people to participate in this, right? right. Okay, yeah, don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my answer is is both, but I know I'm not allowed to pick that answer. So I would go with the first one, even though I know it could have a detrimental. It could it could be detrimental. It could blow up my right. uh, rankings because I could end up with the penalty. Um, and it could have a short-term impact on rankings and not a not a longer term. Once Google's like, wait a minute, these really don't have any real relevance. Exactly. These aren't really related at all. And then I have to turn my paid search on anyway. Right. You know? right. That's all you, you got. It's a fine line between gray, black hat, and white hat, and where the happy medium between the two exists, and where yeah, you can survive. Um, he is Garrett French of Citation Labs and of ZipSprout. Thank you very much for coming on. This was fascinatingly engaging. I had so much fun, Morty. We should definitely Thank do this again. Thank you so again. much for having me on. A- anytime. Take care. <laughs> hey, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> no problem. Okay. And- I'll see everybody next week. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to pick up. <laughs> Morty, buddy, hey, let's time do this. Time building again. I've had some beers, man. I'm ready. Don't, you know, you know? bring beer, actually. <laughs> and next time. Thanks again. All right, Morty. Thank you. And we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast. Awesome, lovely fellow. Really intelligent, really charismatic. Um, it just flows, flows with knowledge. Okay, so now, by the way, that we've heard from Garrett, let's hear from you. What's your best local link building tip? Okay, this is the Rank Ranger, the In Search SEO podcast community question of the week. What is your best local link building tip? You can find the local local link. The, I can't get it out. The community question. There we go. The community question on the Rank Ranger Twitter account. We'll post it on Facebook. We'll post it on LinkedIn. We'll post it on my Twitter account. We will post it on the blog post that harbors this very podcast that you're currently listening to, which you can find on the Rank Ranger blog. You feel free to comment right on social media when if you see this, when you see this. And of course, you can use the link that we will provide for you to the Google survey form, to the Google Doc, where you can answer anonymously if that's your thing, or you can answer there not anonymously if that's your thing. Whatever you want, you can find the Rank Ranger in search community question. It's out there. Answer. We want to hear from you. We want to feature you on the next episode of the In Search SEO podcast. And speaking of featuring people on the In Search SEO podcast, let's jump back into the DeLorean and take a time trip back to last week where our community question was What is the best way to uncover how Google looks? At intent. And you said, um, Andre Perot of the Richards Group said, quote, I check the images tab in Google search. For example, homeless shelter versus emergency shelter. Visually shows you the intent. Choose wisely. Now, this is interesting. By the way, thank you, Andre. Really do appreciate you sharing your tip with us. Um, one of the ways that I, I, I've played around with looking at intent and trying to decipher decipher intent is by going and doing a search and then jumping over to the image tab, okay? And you have, you can look at the different images. I think that's what Andre's saying. Now, you also have a set of filters at the top, right, that you can click on. Now, sometimes those are very much image-specific, meaning I don't mean image, the image in question specific. I mean images specific. They relate to things like color, 
sort of sort of thing. Okay, that has nothing to do with intent per se, but it has to do with the the nature of the image that you want. But sometimes there are are filters in there that you could see how Google's looking at intent. Right. So if you do, if you take something like, um, you know, two different appliances that are very similar to each other or whatever it is, two different computers that are very similar to each other. And you can you can see how Google looks at an intent for one versus how Google looks at an intent for one a, by looking at the images. That's true. But also by looking at which filter options Google gives you for each one. So that's one way. I find that it doesn't always work. I find that sometimes you do get something that's helpful. Sometimes you don't get something that's helpful. But, hey, it's worth a shot. Right. OK. That said. I am so excited that next week I have found my next victim. I mean, the next co-host. Because you should be too, by the way, because you won't have me do this. Hitting it with the news. First things first. Lots of news out of Google's 2019 I.O. conference. Some highlights for us search folk. The SERP will allow for 3D models to be accessed. There's so many jokes I can make about this, and they're totally inappropriate. I'm going to restrain myself and not say any of them, just saying that you can now theoretically, when appropriate or inappropriate, um, take an image, pop it up. You can view it in a three-dimensional manner. You can even insert it into your own environment. That's a whole other thing. Check it out. It's very, very cool. Okay, moving on because it's, it's, it's so tempting. Okay, the SERP will allow, or does allow, because I found this, podcast content to be presented on it. Audio version of feature snippets, here we come. I would assume so. Now, this all makes a lot of sense because Google, by the way, has started to auto-transcribe podcast content, which we brought up here, which I said back then was going to mean that you're going to get audio versions of feature snippets. Now, you don't have that now. What you basically do have is, for example, if you go to Google, go to Google and type in the in search SEO podcast. You got to put the the in. I don't know why, but yeah, put in the in search SEO podcast and you'll see the iTunes link that brings you to this very podcast show up and you'll see there's like three or four episode listings that are listed there with a little play button. You can click on them and it's within the iTunes organic result and then will take you to Google. It will take you to a Google property where you can play the, the podcast, which I, I, I don't know if that's on purpose or if like this is just you know the first incarnation of this but it's a little bit bizarre and possibly not so cool in other words you're getting a listing of the episodes for this podcast on google it's showing up within it's coming from itunes okay it's coming from it's within the itunes organic result so you would think if you click on an episode to play it where should you go you should go to itunes but you don't you go to a google page and you can play it there on this google page which in a way is kind of like stealing iTunes' thunder a little bit, just saying. So I don't know if that's really how it's meant to be. It just came out a couple of days ago. Let's give Google a chance and so forth. Okay, next. Okay, there's this whole thing and how Lens will um, let you take a picture of a menu. This is why I should not be doing the news. Okay, so you can take a picture of a menu with Lens. I, 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 it has to be certain restaurants. Like I don't think it's going to work at every restaurant. Okay, and, and Lens, Google Lens, will highlight the popular items on that menu because, as I said on Twitter, it's definitely worthwhile to spend millions of dollars developing a way to help me choose between the super psychotic chili cheeseburger over the plain old mac and cheese. I, whatever. Okay, moving on. Also, a bunch of updates to Google Assistant. It's been redesigned to be faster, more personal. For example, you can have it pull up your flight details. Uh, if you have a flight, obviously. If you don't have a flight, that's just you're living in a sandcastle in the sky, my friend. 
uh, it's also more intelligent. For example, you can have it sort through your phone's images. Like, show me all of my pictures without hideous Aunt Hilda in it. So I don't think that would work. But if you did something like, um, show me all my images with skyscrapers in them, that might work. Okay, next up, Google has announced the advent of the evergreen bot. Um, by the way, evergreen is a tree. I, I think, I don't know if people realize that. That's why it's called evergreen, because it's always green, even in the winter. It's a tree. Evergreen. We used to have one of my parents, my grandparents' backyard. It was awesome. Okay. Uh, so now Googlebot is evergreen bot is now can now support Chrome 74. More than that. It will be synced to update with every new version of Chromium. This does mean that certain JavaScript elements are not as problematic as they once were. Um, another story, odd little Google bug that we saw uh, brought back some SERPs that said, hmm. The results for your search don't seem very relevant. Yeah, that's bizarre. All right, from what we saw, this was not dependent on the query, but on the string of queries. In other words, let's say we did a search for, um, you know, best light bulbs, and then you did a search for uh, best chairs named light bulb. I think that makes no sense. I, whatever it is, okay, it's the series of of queries that brought up this bug from uh, from what I saw, not a actual query per se. Because if you just did the query in isolation, that brought up this, hmm, the results aren't right you wouldn't see it. But if you do it within a, a certain order of or string of searches, that's when it would show up. I don't know if it's still showing up or not, but that was weird. Anyway, the IAB put out some interesting data. Searches share of ad revenue, the ad revenue pie seems to be shrinking a bit. Um, there was a lot of growth, but it seems that other ad formats, video in particular, are eating away the search engine's market share. Um, most interestingly is that desktop's market share growth was around zero, while mobile's ad market share growth actually dipped, which you would think, hey, mobile is the home of ads. Why would it dip? That's weird. Okay. Google has finally come up with its FAQ and how to markup. If you remember, this was a hot topic about a year ago when we first heard FAQ results or a thing. It's it's a not its own type of result. It's within your organic result. Whatever. Okay. So now you have the tools to create a result that offers directions of sorts as part of your organic showing. In other words, uh, one that Google showcased was markup that had if how do you, how do you tie a tie? And it was a series, a carousel of images that showed you step by step how to tie the tie. It's very cool. So definitely check that out. And that, that, that's it for the news. I'm done with the news, and it's hopefully the last time you have to hear me doing the news for quite some time. Okay, episode 26 of Rank Rangers In Search SEO Podcast is drawing to its inevitable end. We literally can't go on forever because that's insane on so many levels, uh, which means, by the way, that it's time for the fun SEO send-off question. So today's question is brought to you by Morty's Brain and the letter R. So let's have it. Which children's program does Google show its kids? If Google had kids, what children's program would it show its kids? And the answer is obviously Teletubbies. One, because all the Google colors are in there. Uh, and two, because they speak what sounds like weird, offbeat, hard-to-understand gibberish. But I'm sure it has really you know, much deeper meaning. Sort of the way Google says one thing, but really there's a much deeper meaning 
to it. So, okay, tiddly winky or whatever your names are. I don't know. I don't care. I never watched that garbage in my life because when I was growing up, we had quality programming like Reading Rainbow. Anyway, that will do for us here at the Insert SEO Podcast. Don't forget to tune in next week, next Tuesday, for another version of Rink Rangers Insert SEO Podcast. Until then, don't forget that it's in search because we're all in search of something. Thank you. <laughs>